Welcome to All Things Vegas, nourishing self-care for the helping professional. During our time together, we will explore a wide variety of topics relating to self-care, all especially geared to the helping professional. Our guests are all thought leaders and cutting edge providers in their respective fields of endeavor. They will offer not only helpful insights, but practical skills that you can begin to use immediately. Kim Brown Campbell holds a master's degree in art therapy from George Washington University and a doctorate in counselor education from the University of Montana. She has been practicing art therapy since 1996 with children, adolescents, and families. She also works as a private practitioner in art therapy, providing individual and group treatment in Missoula. Kim enjoys working in printmaking, mixed media collage, and assemblage formats in her artwork. Excellent. Well, Kim, yes. so great to have you today. Thank you so much for joining us for All Things Vegas. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So Kim is a is an art therapist, and I think it would be really useful, Kim, for you to perhaps open our conversation so that people have a clear understanding about what what art therapy is and what an art therapist does, because I, I, I think there might be um, different ideas about that. Absolutely. And I do get asked that question a lot, and yeah. it, so it's extremely valid. Um, so what art therapists do in general, um, there are about 5,000 art therapists across the U.S. And then, yeah. and then more than that across the world. So it is an international uh, recognized profession. Um, in America, we have the American Art Therapy Association. And they look at art therapy as a a form of psychotherapy okay. where you use primarily the vis- the method of visual expression as the, the primary modality. So uh, art therapists are trained to work with, the, they are trained in art and they are trained in psychology and they're trained in counseling. And so all those things combined make art therapy. And um, we are trained, there are a couple different ways of working in art therapy and theories that folks follow but i would say most art therapists in the united states subscribe to both schools and and this is just usually the way i i describe it because it helps you understand the process or what it's all about but one is art as therapy and that looks at truly just the art of expression and art making is therapeutic in and of itself so kind of art for art's sake Mm -hmm and creating and that realm of when you get into that process that you can sort of reach this flow okay. Um, okay. or that just this peace of mind where you're making art and that kind of goes along a good, good examples are musicians or dancers or people who are involved in in the the dramatics field and that arts expression right. is inherently therapeutic in and of itself so that looks at the process of art making. And then the other field or theory that art therapists typically subscribe to is called art psychotherapy. And that is a little more of what usually the general public kind of thinks of and, and what sometimes Hollywood or the media portray art therapy as. And it's it gets a little confusing because I think sometimes people think that it's I can show you a picture that someone drew, and then the art therapist is going to be able to look at that picture and say, here's what's going on oh, with that yeah. person. Okay, okay. And um, so it's not quite like that. It's more that you are working as a facilitator, as the art therapist, with the individual, 
and helping them um, kind of interpret their own process and then the product. So you might give someone a directive, like even something as simple as draw a tree. Mm-hmm. And then there's metaphors behind that. In, right. in art therapy, we sometimes look at the tree as a metaphor for self. And so you may think of that. Good examples of that is, is your tree well-rooted? You know, is it strong? Is it thriving right. or not? Right. And then what does that, what what can we glean from that? And what can we do right. in the facilitation of that conversation after you've made this creation and in a therapeutic safe environment and going from there. So that's really the two ways art therapists work. And I would say that mostly people really combine those two, like Mm -hmm. in a session, sometimes I'll combine both of those things, but it's often looked at as product, product versus process. So the art of making and then the product and then how you perceive the product and then how you would explain it as the person who created it. Right. So I think that it also might be useful to talk about, and I think you've kind of uh, danced around this question a little bit, and I'm going to ask you directly, that it feels like uh, to some people, and I would put myself in that category because I don't consider myself to be artistic at all, um, so which sometimes makes this process of creating art or making art or the process of it seem really unattainable. Yes. So can you speak to that a little bit? What's well, kind of interesting in that some of the reading I was doing more in in regards to art and the vagus nerve, right, which right. is kind of the point of this, right? Right. Um, that there was an interesting passage I read that sometimes. Um, and this is often the case for people who are new to art therapy. Now, it's a little bit different sometimes when you have folks who have maybe created art their right. whole lives right. or right. children are also just very naturally, right. they have no inhibition. You know, they, they just get in there and draw most of the time. Right. But if you're asking someone, and I've had people say this and even friends say, I could never do that because it would just make me more nervous to be, to have to be asked <laughs> to do this thing that seems so daunting and right. scary. And, it, you know, and I can't draw a straight line and this is just going to be awful and I'm going to fail at it. Right, right. right. Um, but that, that it, in a session or with a, someone in a therapeutic environment, sometimes that sympathetic nervous system sort of arousal when it's when the therapist can be with you and and sort of put you in more of at ease with it by saying things like you know nobody just comes out being you know a picasso or a rembrandt or whatever and that that many of us who are in this you know we've had years and years of training in art and it's not about that that it is more about this process Mm -hmm. and so helping you get more of that parasympathetic calming by just trying something very simple and sometimes it really is just scribbling or um, use of color and just putting down color fields how does that make you feel you know how does this looking at this color for you versus looking at this other color and and so easing people into it I think is yeah such a valuable thing and then realizing that none of this is about creating a masterpiece or right. it's not art class right and i yeah. think the art the educational field who i'm a big fan of right so i'm not trashing that but they oftentimes have told us in art that art should be graded and art is good or bad and oh, so it's kind of yeah. erasing yeah. that mm-hmm. paradigm of um things being you know, good or bad or right, right or wrong. And right. so it's it's really just your expression and um, 
that's a that's kind of a yeah way to explain it. So it it kind of if I'm if I'm if I'm understanding you correctly, what I think I might be hearing you say is is that there could potentially be some value in the in the recognition of this request for this process is creating this response in me that that in and of itself is you know valuable to explore would that be yes you nailed it yeah I I think that it is that sometimes what life always presents us with things that make us anxious or things that we don't want to do and and in this environment that is you know supposedly you know hopefully if it's not then then go somewhere else right but calm or safe yeah yeah. um that you will feel like I will give this a try and then then you realize that it it does things for your brain stimulates kind of some of that you can talk about the bilateral stimulation that it's surprising a lot of times adults especially who try this are surprised by how good it does feel right so let's follow that um that that thread a little bit because I think also that a lot of people tend to think about art therapy and you kind of mentioned this earlier in regards to kids yeah you know um, especially when we're trying to find we're trying to get some information about something that maybe happened to them that they can't really intellectually understand but they can make images or they can draw it rather than speak it you know so I think that that again um that's what we see in the movies. That's what we, yes. you know, that's that's kind of, I think, uh, kind of stuck in our idea about what this actually is. So let's talk about this whole idea of um, creating art as a, as a process, the process of that for adults. And let's talk about what it does for our nervous system, what it does for our brain and, and why this is, you know, why are we having this conversation right. about why it's valuable? Yeah. Right. And I think, and going back to kids, you know, just briefly is that, that because they don't have, as we all know, the verbal, the vocabulary to express their feelings. So that's why it works so well and why we do play therapy with kids because sort of, we always heard that the theme of the kids play as their work. Right. Right. That's what they do to express themselves and to learn. I really think that with adults, it's kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. We just have to get back a little bit to that way of thinking that, um, again, there's no right or wrong and it's all of our pretenses and what we've kind of relied on over time is that, oh, if I don't do this correctly, it's not going to turn out right. Yeah. And so I, the way it works, I would say having the person, sometimes we refer to it as the third hand. So um, in a session, there would be the client, the therapist, and then the art. Right. And that's sort of the third hand. And that's kind of a beautiful thing because it's not, it's, it can be a little less threatening than just sitting face to face and being asked questions or right. dialoguing. Right. And it gives this opportunity to, for the bilateral processing. So left brain, right brain integration and get using the verbal mm-hmm. and the visual mm-hmm. and getting those things to integrate in terms of being able to express things that you can't through words and that's what the art does and sometimes it's as simple as using giving prompts like tell me about this feeling you have about this thing that happened or or just a feeling you have and and do that by expressing it through lines shapes and colors Mm -hmm. and sometimes by really breaking down those prompts it 
you know, it become it's not something like draw a dog. <laughs> right, know, exactly. Most exactly. people would say, what? I can't yeah. do that. I can do a hand turkey. Right, and yeah. then that would yeah. be great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about Thanksgiving, Kathy? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hand turkey. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. So I think I think that that kind of, you know, that that kind of opens up the door a little bit um, to those of us who don't feel that we have a creative bone in our body exactly. or an artistic, I would say, maybe not creative isn't the right word, but artistic bone right. in our body. And uh, the idea, I really like this idea that you uh, that you mentioned about sometimes it's just color. It's just a field of color. Um, and I have found that to be really kind of useful because I may not be able to draw something, but I can draw a shape, you know, right. I can draw, draw something pointy, for yep. example, exactly. or something round, and then I can use color, right? And exactly. And yeah. a lot of times, even the, what you're mentioning, you know, just the simply mm-hmm. creating and putting something on the paper can serve as a vehicle to getting to metaphors. Right. So somebody can say something like, the color red really reminds me of, sometimes uh, culturally we would assign right. a meaning to that. Yeah, red is exactly. anger or mm-hmm. blood or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But oftentimes it, it is more gets at, um, when I went on the boat with my grandfather, there was a red flag we always put. You know, some these memories are metaphors for right. something that happened with right. this person right. that could be all sorts of feelings attached to it. But it gets at it a little quicker than, mm-hmm. um, or a little more easily, oftentimes than it would with. Tell me about you. You know when you went boat riding with your grandpa. Right, right. So, well, and I kind of imagine that you know when we think about where the threat detection system lives in our brain, uh-huh. you know that right. that it's it's below the intellect anyway. Yes. And so, can you speak a bit to the the what what? science and research is showing us about getting to that part of the brain that is really all about impressions anyway right well it's very especially with art therapy it's sensory based Mm -hmm. right and and that so many of those memories definitely traumatic memories because that's how we know they're encoded in the brain is through sensory input right and often you know that phenomenon of sometimes i've heard that the olfactory and the auditory mm-hmm. are the ones that right. register the most. Right. And and I would also argue that the visual, right? right? Although sometimes that gets sort of cut out. It's almost like, um, what do you call them? The cells from a right. movie, right? You're only getting sometimes with those memories, like certain ones of those cells. Right. Right. But that's the beauty of art is helping people get back to that and recreating right. it. And of course it, it will not look like what it does in your memory, but right. it does trigger that response. And again, right. you know, distressing that you're doing it in a safe environment with someone right. who's trained to do it exactly with you, alongside right. you, and to process as you're going. And then also to process, right. th- there's whole series where people will um, work with, in art therapy, I mean, folks will work with an individual and have them, over time, it may take seven or eight sessions, but draw out different situations right. in um maybe a traumatic experience and then process each one very carefully right and the visual helps with recall and then it also can help with sometimes then you can recreate it visually how right how would you repair or how would you put yourself in a safer situation when that happens and that does something for the brain that again is putting kind of that 
you're getting the sympathetic arousal, but then it's when you're working through it, it's kind of that parasympathetic calm exactly. as, yeah. as you work with yeah. the therapist. So yeah. again, it may be yeah. one session. Sometimes that happens in one session. Sometimes you have to kind of close it in and make it sure that the person feels safe walking out of the room and say, okay, we're going to come back to this next week yeah. and go on to the second sort of yeah. Um, well, because I think that, you know, it's, um, these things of course are stored differently in different people, right? you know, exactly. you know, and so, um, giving the space for that to, uh, be expressed in a way that feels, and, you know, and I, and I think, you know, what I, what I want to, what I want to put a, put an emphasis or bold, if this was actually a written thing, um, is this idea about safety that we have to, we have to. We have to do this in safety. Exactly. Yeah. 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 In order for us to be able to really fully process the the experience. Yes. Whatever because it is. It, because if you don't do it in a safe or trusting right. environment and then having also that built up trusting therapeutic relationship with a ther- the therapist, then you risk it. You know, sort of going awry or even triggering something that yeah. comes out, and then you, how do you contain it? Right. How do you walk out of the room contained? Right. Exactly. And yeah. Well, it's just like you know, let's throw some gas on the fire here, right? right. Yeah. 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 I mean, because that's what could happen, right? Exactly. <laughs> you could, you know, and sometimes it even has to do with the materials you're using. Right. Um, a lot of times, if you jump into something and start using really wet, mushy clay with people, that can trigger some things that are unpleasant and, mm-hmm. and out of control feeling. Mm-hmm. And so that's an, another instance of where you would, there's, there's a whole theory. Um, uh, Lucy Brink and Hines are the two people who, it, it was fascinating if anybody wants to look it up, but they work with, it's called the Expressive Therapies Continuum, and they work with different media and how they affect the different pieces, like kinesthetic, right. so feeling and how feeling um, affects the brain and the movement and then how the thoughts um, and the movement integrate and they work with going up and down sort of this ladder of like I was saying like clay being very loose and therefore could be um, regressive right and then something like a pencil being very restrictive and um, controllable right so that might be some where you start with maybe somebody who is coming to you that's in a very, in a state of maybe either chronic PTSD or acute right. um, stress levels that you may start in a very comfortable, controlled, right. well, environment, of course, but also with that type of media. Right, with that type of medium, yeah. So let me ask you this question. So I think I think all of this um, as a backdrop or a background uh, foundation for, um, for helping us better understand why the process of making art can be therapeutic. Yes. So because we are really talking about here people's ability to uh, use these kinds of things for themselves, right? So we've been talking mostly, of course, about a therapeutic relationship with somebody who is trained to facilitate this kind of this kind of process with yes. people. So can we jump into talking about so how to how to like for I, for example, mm-hmm. how would I process something stressful, right, in yeah. my life? Um, I mean, is it safe to do it with art without somebody helping me? Or can you can you help me understand that a little better? Yes. Yeah, and that's a great question. And yes, absolutely it's safe. 
And I think that art therapists walk that line of like, here's what we do and why we do it and mm-hmm. why it needs to be regulated right. and, and taught. And, um, but at the same time, always wanting to provide these, this is what you can do and this is what you can do at home or, or even in, in a group of, of maybe trusted friends or family. Right. And what that looks like is, you know, a good example is um, some of the stuff that, that you work on is journaling. And, and that's something that I think is a little bit more tried and true, and people do that more. Many, many people journal to get down their thoughts and feelings or even talk about their day. And, and then that's helpful to go back to because you can see where, you, where you've come right. since that right. time or, right. or how you've progressed or not. And so art journaling can function in much the same way. And there's something, too, about the visual mm-hmm. nature of putting things down on paper and being able to refer back to it, it's a little bit like that phenomenon of you're in the car and you hear, and, and I'm dating myself, like a 70s song, right? And you're yeah. like, oh, I remember exactly where I was at that time and what was going on in that memory and what was going on in my life. Right. And that's right. the same thing with the visual where yeah. you will say, oh, when I drew this or when I created this, that was when I was going through that really tough time with you know, an argument I had with my mother or something. Or something, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, and then working back through, you know, sometimes you can reprocess, reprocess it through another piece of art. But mainly, I one of the things in a very practical way I have folks do, especially maybe when they're first starting out, adults, mm-hmm. um, is to have them have a small journal. Sometimes it's helpful to have one that's pocket size or, you, you know, you can carry it in your backpack or whatever and then have some very simple materials with you because it may be something you want to do on the fly but to um have these circle drawings and mandalas is sometimes oh yeah yeah sure yeah Yeah. and and that's the the sanskrit word for circle but also it's a centering so what you do is you take your journal and you trace it it could just be a cup you want the circle to be in somewhat in the middle of the page it doesn't have to be perfect and trace it with a, a permanent marker um, and, and trace it through every page in the journal. So that way you have the centering place to start because I think often people will say, what do I do with a blank page? It's so daunting. It's so scary. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. where do I start? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I oftentimes will say, you just start, we'll pick a color you like and just start scribbling or drawing mm-hmm. or coloring. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this regard, you are um, creating something different every day and you can there's a couple different ways you can think about it. You can think about the inside of the circle being the me I see or the way I'm feeling inside. The outside of the circle can be what the environment, how the environment is affecting me. And, and even more simply is the inside is the things I can control right. and the outside is the things I can't control. But it can really be as simple as um, just how you're feeling that day and centering yourself in the circle. Yeah. And, and then even with the, the boundary around, um, you can think about what, what boundaries do I need? Do I need to make this circle feel like a safe right. egg in a nest? Or, or, do a, or can I be a little bit more like the circle is a planet and I've got the universe around me? So, again, working in the metaphor. Right. Um, and that's often helpful because we, we kind of live our lives in metaphors. Yeah. And, and so if you can boil it down to that, I think it makes your problems seem a little less overwhelming. Overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say overwhelming. So I think, I think it's really interesting. And I think that that, that practice that Mm -hmm. you're suggesting 
um, lends itself to like having a little journal. Yes. Right? Yes. Which is really kind of cool. And I would imagine that it might be interesting to actually have some words. Yes. Doesn't wouldn't have to be sentences or exactly. whatever, but just words that might describe mm-hmm. and resonate with right. exactly what your visual image is. Yeah. And again, that's a, that bilateral processing. So you're using the visual with the the verbal, right? And, and it's making sense to you in that way that mm-hmm. this image is, you know. Um, a tree you know it represents this is yeah. a tree but this represents calm for me or it's the apple tree I go and sit under when I you know need to relax and yeah. so you can use those types of imagery and and another point that you make is that really the journaling can, it can be anything it can be mm-hmm. you can attach actual found objects to it or you can only paint or only draw or only right. use black and white or you know so there the possibilities are limitless and a lot of times people just feel most comfortable with cutting images out of magazines that represent what they're feeling and then you don't have to draw or paint at all right exactly yeah so that yeah. that's a really helpful one too and then yeah. you can put all the images on the inside that are centering or mm-hmm. words mm-hmm. and then on the outside like maybe the things that are are feeling scary or feeling right. like they're, you know, something you, you want to deal with or, yeah. or you don't. And it's just out there and kind of scary. Exactly. But. Yeah. So this, this, one of the things that I wasn't really honestly expecting to ask you, but yeah. I mean, I think that this conversation is leading me to um, ask about the process of adult coloring books. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so could you speak a little bit about the, uh, the value of those and, or, are they valuable or not? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't yeah. even know. I'm, I'm just asking because yeah. I have no clue. It's a, it's a great question. And I think the reason it's come up a lot lately, like within the past seven mm-hmm. or eight years, is um, that some of the major chains are, are, it started carrying these and they label them as adult coloring books, but they also sometimes label them as art therapy. Right. And technically, like we've said, is art therapy is when you're in a session with an art therapist. Right. So that when you're in, um, in a therapeutic setting and someone's facilitating this work but and again so I don't want to at all say they're not art therapy because what they are is I think more of a mindfulness practice okay okay they're they're great right and I and I have sat and colored and it has calmed me and and again talk about like a way sort of a parasympathetic calming right mechanism and important to never feel like you have to stay in the lines or it has to look perfect when right, it's done. Right. I think that sometimes yeah. might be one of the, the catches yeah. with that. Yeah. And people then feeling like, well, this didn't turn out the way I wanted. And so then it becomes <laughs> this kind of ego dystonic. I know. Like, okay, yeah. well, why did I do this in the first place? Right. Or uh, sometimes they're so complex that you can't finish them and then you don't feel the sense of completion. Right. So I would say as long as you're getting them and, and, and it's also a fun thing to, to sit yeah. and do with others, right? right? To be in a room right. together and be quiet and coloring and listening to music. And right. so I don't want to knock them at all, I think. And there is... Um, there are a few essays on the American Art Therapy Association site that speak exactly to okay. um, that phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that as a meditative sort of mindfulness practice, it's it can be a wonderful yeah. thing yeah. just to not get caught up in the, really, the end product and the 
didn't t- quite turn out like you wanted it to, but it's more the process. Right, exactly. Coloring. Yeah. So I think I think if, I, if I'm hearing you correctly, um, what, what might be the, is this going to be helpful to me or not, yeah. is perhaps your level of self-awareness, uh, right? Yes. So I'm kind of thinking as you're talking that I would have a really, really hard time personally uh-huh. with not producing a really cool product. Exactly. Right? I would yeah. be so focused on that. And I mean, I, I, I could feel the, I could feel uh, my heart start racing when you said, <laughs> do it in a group. And I was like, no, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. So I think it's, I think just that is interesting information. Is it not? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If it's going to be something that makes you right. feel a little nervous, again, going back to yeah. that being asked to draw or create something that yeah. Yeah. Um, is anxiety producing probably means that there may be something else you really would, that would <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but then again it may be yeah. picking a simpler design right. or um and or it could be that instead of coloring it you tear up sheets of paper and lay down mm-hmm. you, you know mm-hmm. you you take it to a level that right um is is a little bit removed from it, it kind of goes back to the argument of drawing inside the lines, right? Right. And that sometimes abstract artists, they're kind of the point is, I'm drawing outside of the lines and I'm breaking the rules. Yeah. And yeah. so I would say to push the boundaries with it if, if it's something that kind of scares you. And then, again, doing it in a group or not might be for yeah. somebody. and Might and, not be. Or it might just not be your thing. Or it might be, you know, for later. Yeah, Recognizing exactly. that, you know, part of how I know that I'm um, – progressing in this process is that I can do this with a group of people and not worry about judgment or criticism or observation even. I, I think that's a great example, right? Or you a know? great kind of progression that yeah. it could yeah. turn into is that, yeah. and, and a lot, oftentimes that people who are in types of group therapy, that that's precisely the kind of thing that you would work towards. Like how do you work towards not worrying about the, the right. judgment, the self-judgment, right. but also the judgment right. of others. Right, exactly, yeah. Well, and and I also want to bring up that I was participating in a group with you quite some time ago, and um, and you alluded to this, and I want to bring you back to it uh-huh. um, earlier in our conversation today, but it was this idea of not having, you know, just having a blank page. Uh-huh. And again, for those of us who don't feel like we're artistic at all, it's like, wow, that's really, really intimidating. But I remember you saying, um, okay, I'm going to give you, and I can't remember what if there was a set amount of time or whatever, but very short amount of time just to just to make some scrawls on the paper. Uh-huh. You know, do loops or do square, do whatever you want. Just you know, trace, do something. You know, with your with your pen on this piece of paper, and then um, and then you know, see what's there. Uh huh. So can you speak a bit more to that? Because I found that to be um, a great entry point. It, it is so, it gets to your unconscious okay. mind. And what you do is, and, and I think, you know, it's also maybe a kid's game that people play sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. you, the idea, and you can, anyone can do this at home. And sometimes it's bigger with a larger piece of paper. Yeah, but yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be um, like a, a paper, you know, that's about yeah. 18 by 24 but it can be anything, and you get, have somebody sort of time you. It doesn't have to be precise, but you and you can do it with your dominant hand or your non-dominant. Okay, hand. okay, and that's kind of interesting too. Yeah, is yeah. doing those dominant hand and non-dominant hand drawings. That's also the bilateral processing 
um, situation. But in this, you give someone about maybe 40 seconds to a minute, if it, depending on the size of the page, to, because you don't want it to get too overworked. Right. But you just let them scribble. They can do it with their eyes closed or open. And um, it's okay. You know, if they go off the page, that's fine too. But, um, and they scribble and they just cover the page. And then you can turn it either way. Once you are finished, you can, because you're going to have four ways to, to turn it around and right. keep looking at it and spend some time. Don't just dive in there, but spend some time, maybe a few minutes, seeing what you see in it uh-huh. and, um, and then developing that. And, and that's another good way of yeah. right brain, left brain switching yeah. and, and just getting your, that neuro, it's neuroplasticity. It's, it's getting your brain to work in ways it doesn't normally do. And then the unconscious process of what do you see and then how do you develop it into that? And that can also work mm-hmm. with metaphor. Right. And, um, and people just come up with the neatest things because they're not thinking about it too hard or they're, they've done that process that makes them right. loosen up a bit right. and not feel so like I have to be within the society's constraints of making this perfect Right, art, whatever art that piece. is, yeah. Yeah, it always kind of st- reminded me a little bit, that, that, that process always reminded me a little bit of, you know, as a kid laying on your back out in the, yes. out in the yeah. field and looking at the clouds and seeing dogs or whatever. It's exactly in the, the clouds. same process. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's neat because you're creating the Yeah, because you're actually piece. creating the dog in the clouds, right. so to speak. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's great. So if I want to like take us back and kind of recap... Um, so what we have is we have, you know, the, the, what's considered to be art as therapy and Uh then art therapy, right? Yes. And, or I should maybe say art as therapeutic Uh and then, um, art therapy. And then we have this whole host of things that we can actually do for ourselves. Yes. Right. Whole things to do with ourselves. So, you know, the, the idea of having a little journal and having some shape, like a round shape that really could go. Yeah, I mean, anyway. just the just all of the different ways of working with that, right? And, and the beauty of that, I think, too, is that you do end up with this visual record. Yeah. And one of the things I stress is to date your work, right? Okay. And that way, you you can go because we all forget. You know, like sometimes we can't remember what we had for breakfast yesterday, right? So, yeah. I think that this reminds you of and you could even make a little note on the back or mm-hmm. or right. wherever to say this was the day that I got my new puppy or right. you know or whatever that just jogs yeah. your your memory of when what was going on at that time yeah and it's so helpful to refer back and I do that often with folks that have a portfolio of their work and even if mm-hmm. it's work that doesn't get preserved we have photos of it and then right. we do it we go through it chronologically and we can use that visual reminder to help us remember and pro- even process what we've gone through over time. Right. And that's just something you don't have with, with a verbal way of working right. primarily. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Quite as, quite as vivid. Right. Exactly. Cause I think that also part of it is, um, that for a lot of us that, you know, we kind of forget what we've already accomplished. Exactly. Right. That's a perfect way to put yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So going back and actually saying, you know, this is what this is what I was able to do with this situation, right? And look at how I worked through look it. Look at how I worked through it. So it's it's kind of a it can be I think kind of a self efficacy recognition in yes. some way, and, and then and and letting go a little bit of of the judgment of right. what what that those pieces were, it, but then 
working through what you learned. And, and one of the things I think you and I have talked about that process of it's a little more complicated, but you create a piece right. around something that's going on in, you know, that you're working on. Right. And then you, one week, two weeks later, maybe, you know, could be the next day you alter that piece in some way. Yeah. You could tear it apart. You could burn it. You could, right. um, you know, just paint back over it. Right. But sometimes that transformative process helps mentally and emotionally. You realize that oh, sort of the impermanence of things, right. A, right. but B, that things are changeable and they can be worked through. Right. And that process looks very differently sometimes. And it right. sort of depends on where you are right. and yeah, so, working through it. Exactly. And so that what that kind of makes me think about is this whole idea that, you know, all of the things that are difficult for, for us mm-hmm. um, create some kind of uh, ability for us to kind of feed the future in some way. Yes. You know, and so what are you going to do with that? Yes. And so it, it feels like that, that process that you des- described is you know, making some decisions or some choices about what I'm going to do with this. Yes, that's which that's is exactly I imagine it. would be really powerful. It it can be so powerful and having people rework things and sometimes we've even let time pass. Yeah. So someone may create a piece that's very tough for them to look at. Right. We say, well, let's put that away for a long. Just don't even look at it. <laughs> right. For right. X amount right. of time, and then when you're ready, we come back to it and we rework it. And again, that reworking can look. Many many yeah. different ways, and really, it's up to them. But I can facil- help facilitate. Well, you could do this. You sometimes we cut it into puzzle pieces, right, and rearrange them, yeah, so that it's like this scary thing here may or, you know, paint over parts of it, but leave parts of it. So yeah, it's really up to them, and and then or hang it in a place where you may see it every day. The right. transformation, the piece. transformation part, and yeah. then that helps you remember. Like, look at how far I've come, and right. look at things I have transformed in my life. Right. Because this, and then take a picture of the old piece so they can right sometimes compare what yeah what it used to look like yeah which is a, it's something I think we do in our minds all the time, you know, in terms of thinking through what well decision making and how right. to make the future, you know. Mo- Create balance. Yeah, yeah. But there is something, I think, to having a tangible yes, something. Precisely. And that's yeah. a huge tenet of art therapy is that the tangible nature and, and the sensory yeah. piece. that, um, And that's how art therapy works. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. So as we're wrapping up today, I mean, this has been, this has been really interesting. It's been um, actually, for even for me, and I hope for the people who are listening to our podcast, um, it gives me some really great ideas about how to continue to um, uh, explore that the possibilities around um, using art. Even though I'm not an artist, right. you know, I keep I have that's my be. that's apparently right. my thing, right? Um, you know how I can use that to actually help me become more aware uh-huh. of where I've been, where I'm going, what I've been able to accomplish, and the ability that all of us have to turn difficult things into um, something really positive in the future. And more understandable. Yeah, right? yeah like more understandable. Processing. Sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put, it, put it out there in a way that, you know, it, it makes me think of something like bullet journaling. Even yeah. Though, even yeah. though that's not necessarily artistic. Sometimes people's could bullet be. journals are extremely artistic. Yeah. But it's, it lays it out there in front of you in a way that 
um, you know, I would argue not nothing against like scheduling things on a phone, but for me, that's a really right. hard thing because it doesn't lay it out there visually. It's just, you know, it's digital. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so it's the analog way of, of kind of helping your right. brain work through these things. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah. you bring up a good point that in this is stuff anybody can do and it doesn't have to be, um, anything really, right. It doesn't have right. to be, it, it's only for you. Mm-hmm. You will be the one looking at it. So yeah whatever helps you to make these reminders visually. Yeah, that's great. Excellent. So as we wrap up, is there any other, any final thoughts or any other things that you would like to share about, especially around the doing this for yourself part Uh of using art? I would say, you know, honestly, I have seen some very good tips and pointers on Pinterest. Okay. That will walk you through some of this okay. stuff and um and some of it you know obviously it's it's back to what i'm saying about the color books and right uh, coloring books and having um someone to help facilitate but some of them are just very straightforward and mm-hmm. i think you really could work through and, and that's just going into pinterest or even googling um yeah. some art therapy techniques for calming for mm-hmm. mindfulness right um those there's some really good things on there and then and then a lot of those people are registered art therapists that Right. create these or even blogs or um, little videos on those uh, platforms that give you some really great calming techniques and or just ideas for how to do yeah. this in a non-scary, non-threatening <laughs> in a way. non-threatening way. Yeah. Yeah. And, in a safe and with way. very yeah. limited yeah. Yeah. materials too, because right. like, we right. always talk about like, I don't want this people to right. feel like I've got to go out and buy these, you know, very high dollar paints or right, whatever right. that you can really just do this with a simple set of colored pencils or right. even graphite or crayon, you know, your, your kids' crayons that are around the house. It's fine. Right. So, right. Yeah. 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 That's great. Excellent. Well, Kim, I really have appreciated our conversation today. I think um, this is a really interesting way, again, to keep kind of looking at, you know, how our nervous system functions and how we can support ourselves um, through so, you know, it's, it's another form of self-care for sure. Exactly. I know it is for me, and I hope that others will feel the same way yeah. and, and give it a try. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you.